Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. We live in a world of fees. Airlines, hotels, food delivery, and especially car dealers all charge excessive last-minute fees. When you want something badly enough, it feels like your only choice is to pay up. But what if you had a choice to take a stand instead? At Carvana, we believe in treating you better. With zero hidden fees, you can drive off without feeling ripped off. That's what it means to live fearlessly with Carvana. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The breakfast stampede meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba da ba ba ba. Welcome back to Giant Size Heroes. This is episode fourteen. How are we doing today? Excited. So much news. So ready. More coffee. More zeal. More potatoes. A real change for us. Uh, you know. <laughs> I mean, I hope you're you're listening to this because you want to hear people being excited, right? I, unless you're very lost, in which case, welcome. This Why is else Giant would Size they Heroes. Be here on purpose. If you found us, we're sorry. I'm Amy Dallin. I'm Cordondro. Uh And we get excited about stuff. So this first section I've devoted to a lot of TV stuff this week uh, in the world of comic book adaptations and inspired material. Uh, And I have titled the first one Wild Guessing Time (laughs) because we had a very interesting announcement just before we were uh, getting ready for this show that ABC is lining up a new Marvel adaptation in the words of Deadline. Uh, It will be a new television series on ABC featuring somehow the Marvel Universe but with a character uh, that is quote mostly brand new or brand new comma mostly uh, and we're all very interested in parsing exactly what that means um, it is likely it is supposed to be a female led show and is different from the previously announced Alan Heinberg one focusing on the women of the Marvel Universe which is somewhere in the development process that we don't understand the mysteries of uh, because who does? Yeah, that's true. No one. No one. Um, but, Corey, you had a guess that I desperately want to be true on this. Well, you see, the thing about mostly brand new implies that not completely brand new. And what kind of character could you have that's not entirely brand new but we haven't met yet? And that is, of course, She-Hulk. The Hulk uh... isn't new, but She-Hulk is new. That gives you the mostly. It's also on ABC, which is a very procedural-friendly network. It's also on network television, which means serialized, and who better for serialized content than Jennifer Walters? Week to week, you've got your Hulk hijinks. Week to week, you've got your uh, courtroom hijinks. No matter what, Jennifer Walters deserves some more time to breathe than just a spinoff movie. I think it should be She-Hulk. Whether or not it is, is is up to the fates. I mean, it's such a perfect fit. I mean, I, the only thing against a She-Hulk TV series is it is literally difficult to paint someone green every day, and you need someone super game for that process. Uh, but it's been an obvious fit for so long. There have mm-hmm. been wonderful runs on She-Hulk. My fave, uh, or one of my faves, is the Charles Soule run, yeah. uh, which was so much fun and drew a lot of like a lot of fun with legality in that way. Now, I hope that you're right. I think that I am going to have to reconcile myself in advance to, uh, you know, 
I never want to take anything away from TV makers and filmmakers who want to come in and add their own contributions and put their own stamp on something because that's the same thing that the comic book creators I love do. But it's hard to fight that little pang of disappointment when it's like, you know, if they if they really mean something brand new, mostly meaning we're going to tie it into the Marvel Universe, but we're creating an original character, mm-hmm. um, either like a person with mutant powers or a person connected to S.H.I.E.L.D. once that show wraps up or a person with some different connection to what we think of as the MCU um, that we're going to sort of build from scratch but link in. That, to me, would fit what they're describing as something brand new, comma, mostly. Yeah. Uh, they're going to give it a, a setting or thematic or power-based uh, tie-in to the MCU but let somebody make something original. And my brain says that I should be happy about that because people getting to make their own stuff, again, it's the lifeblood of creativity. But my comic book heart is sort of like, but there's so many characters we haven't seen yet. (laughs) It's like when the X-Men introduce a new X-Men, you're like, but what about the character with those same powers that I love already? Yeah. (laughs) But at this point, we've gone so far in that direction that that's an X-Men tradition. Um, But, like, I can certainly see, like, if I, you know... That 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 is very. Everybody has to make their own X Men. Like even Bendis did, made a bunch of new X Men who are mostly like except Gold Balls. Gold Balls lives. Gold Balls. uh, uh, And many of the rest of them have not been seen so much. I think uh, it could be an ABC spinoff situation, but I I don't know. I have this feeling that with Shield being canceled, with the Netflix shows going away, I feel like Kevin Feige wants to be more wrapped into TV. As Disney Plus is obviously directly wrapped in, but I feel like he wants his universe to be pretty tight. So I could be wrong, uh, but it feels like to me. Cloak and Dagger and Runaways getting their own little corner. Jeff Loeb getting to play with that stuff. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to introduce new content that isn't directly tied to the MCU and therefore not ABC. But I, I could be wrong. And see, I'd like you to be right. But I feel like this one is going to come from the other side of Marvel TV. So the full statement in the article, ABC Entertainment President Kerry Burke is our source on this. And uh, Kerry Burke told Deadline, I have spoken to Marvel, and we are in active talks about one project in particular. While she wouldn't give away any details, she said the character would be, quote, something brand new, comma, mostly, and that the series would fit in with its strategy of female-focused superheroes. Now, I'm basically into all that, but it does sound as if, like, it is going through what Marvel Television's typical structure is. I just, I don't know. I don't have any information on this. Uh, I would love for it to be MCU tied in. It is very interesting. I'm happy to hear that ABC is still in the Marvel business. They are, like, connected. Right. Um, New shows is good no matter what. uh, uh, But it is interesting to see, like, the next thing come into existence. I I guess the last one would be the Hulu shows in terms of new announcements that are not MCU connected. Yeah, would have been would have been would have been the, the Ghost Rider. Well, no, the the, oh, the, the announcement, upcoming, the, like the supernatural yeah, I gotcha, stuff. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. yeah. But when I was think the last the newest... time we had new announcements that were not MCU tied in? Yeah, I think those and like the and the animated adult animated adult things. animated Howard the Duck and Modok and those uh, yeah. would have been about a year uh, eight months ago. So we don't know what year. What's it is. time really? <laughs> uh, We've been doing this for about a year now. Yeah, it's been a lot of time. Wow. Yeah, this has been a year of us. And then giant Thank size. Thank you all. Okay, I'm going to derail this. Thank you, everyone who's been on this journey with us uh, in the ups and the downs. Um, it has been an absolute blast, Coy. Absolutely, I totally agree. And it's been three months of giant size. If this is 13, so we, it's been a year of us doing the show together, and a three months of uh, us us with this format. Heck yeah, that's, that's awesome. We've gone. You're going to run out of potatoes. I I was thinking actually I was in the you know the shower thoughts moment when you're like. How many potatoes are there really? And I just started like thinking about potatoes in the shower, which may be the most Irish I've ever felt. Um, but I just had this whole brainstorming session, and it was really cool to be like, you know, I'm on my own time, but I'm still thinking about giant size and how I'm going to parallel potatoes to anything. 
so the, I don't know, finest high-quality potatoes are uh, associated with this next news. We covered a lot of this <laughs> uh, in our regular show this week because we have a lot of crisis news. We have Kevin Conroy's Batman. We have the air dates for crisis with this very interesting structure. I'm fascinated by the fact that the final part of the crisis crossover is happening in Legends of Tomorrow. I think everything is going to go so crazy that the only place it can land is the craziest show. Mm. I feel like since they're doing infinite Earths, Legends is the place where unicorns can stab people. You know, I I feel like when I heard that at first, I was like, that doesn't make sense. And I was like, maybe it makes too much sense. (laughs) Maybe that's the only solution to the madness we're about to get. And that's great because I I personally, I'll own, I don't watch Legends. Um, So it'd be nice to, you know. Touch, touch my my feet in that water again and see how it feels, and then maybe maybe dive back in. I, I like these crossovers to catch me up, but also like I've been missing out, and then I go back and dive in. Yeah, most of what I've seen of Legends has been the the crossover episodes, uh, and I I'm, I'm definitely aware that I'm missing out because I am on Twitter and I see the amazing stuff they're doing over there. Um, There's so many shows. Yeah, like this is one We're of the first lucky. times I've I've had like the inundation of media. Like the boys and Pennyworth have been my week this week, and it's just it, it's great. But but man, I never would have dreamed it would be this inundated. Uh, so in terms of inundation, we also have the amazing guest roster they're assembling for Christ and Infinite Earths. Um, we have some teases about what the event is going to be from uh, the monitor himself, LaMonica Garrett, <laughs> yep. friend of Collider Heroes. Yep, friend of the show. I'm very excited about his update and also to be like, yeah, we talked about the guy before the monitor really got crazy in crisis. <laughs> it's, you know, like not like we're the only people who could spot that the monitor might be important. <laughs> um, but uh, I love every interview with LaMonica Garrett because uh, he's just a big comic book nerd. Yeah. So he's He's like, well, here's a bunch of information about the comics. I don't know how it's all going to play out in here, but this is what excites me. And it's like, you're uh, dead on about all of that. So he's going to be popping up here and there. Uh, he's already in motion to sort of tease the events uh, that are coming there for Crisis itself. And then uh, you just spotted an interesting story about how they helped arrange some of these wonderful guest stars. Yeah, it turns out Jim Lee actually helped shepherd some of this because DC has got different factions. There's the DC TV. There's the DC Universe. There's Warner Brothers itself. There's DC Entertainment. There's a lot of pockets. Uh, And it sounds like, uh, according to Slash Film, Jim Lee was actually able to encourage the Brandon Routh connection to bring him over as Superman because, yes, he's on League of Legends. Legends of Tomorrow, I mean. League of Legends, You know, he's on League of Legends. He's in the outside lane. I don't know. There's a lot of legends. There's a lot of leagues. Uh, But he's on another CW show. But making him Superman on another property took some finagling legally. And apparently Jim Lee himself helped to make that happen. And I just love... Jim Lee as a fixture of DC, but also it made me think of like the idea of a Jim Lee drawing. So I'm picturing like Jim Lee Superman being like, come on, Brandon, and just like shepherding him in. So I had this really great like alternate Earths like daydream of of Jim Lee Superman walking in Kingdom Come, Brendan Routh, and it was it was it was real good. Between Jim Lee arranging guest stars and Marv Wolfman writing one of the key parts, we have clearly all slipped to an alternate universe of our own. It's <laughs> truly incredible that the comic books are so accepted that they're letting people that are our child icons run things in another format because Jim Lee is, is a comic creator and now he's a he entertainment creator runs that company too yeah that's, that's the, it's a he's got a lot of hats he's got a lot of hats mm-hmm. and he wears them well <laughs> Uh, so we also, speaking of the Arrowverse, we uh, did get the news that they are planning another potential show for not this coming season, but the like the following year, 2020, 2021. Uh, that's weird to say out 2020, loud. 2021? Yeah. yeah. 2020, 2021. Wow. Yeah. Everyone home. Try it. 2020, uh, 2021? 2020, 2021. 
Yo, was these that years 2020? Are... No, it's not. That's what's weird. It feels like 2020, 2021. Oh, man. The 2020 is going to be lit because every time you say like next year, it's going to be 2021, 2022, 2023, 2024. It's hard. That sounds so fake. Yo. Oh, man. Kids who are in school graduating, if your school year class is the class of like 2020, 2021, uh, <laughs> you officially have the, the coolest uh, make your own rap lyrics. Uh, yeah, the future is lit already. We live uh, in Blade Runner times <laughs> already. So we got some more photos and character portraits for Batwoman, the upcoming CW premiere, uh, which will, of course, uh, be one of the parts of the big crossover, but which I'm just terribly excited about because I love that character and I want them to do her justice. And it's so funny which things get reported as news because in just uh, conversation about the show, uh, the showrunner was talking about how, like, Batwoman will have a dating life. And I don't know which is weirder, the fact that that was sort of, like, reported as news or the fact that I definitely clicked on it to be like, tell me more. Give me information about what what are you implying or not implying with these statements. And so it worked. Yeah. The headline totally 100% worked. 100% worked. It got you. Uh, but it is it was merely acknowledging that sort of like the model for that character is based on having like this interesting duality of the Kate Kane character who is uh, a comes from a service member background and had planned on that life but then had sort of these lost party girl years and is now sort of it's interesting to see how that's all going to fit together if you've read the uh, original Greg Rucka elegy run you know that like she immediately runs into the people saying you you don't take this seriously enough and she's actually running out and doing the vigilante thing so it is they compared her to Oliver Queen in this quote um, which makes sense because the Arrowverse version of Ollie it definitely operates on that principle, but it's very true to the way Batwoman is presented in the comics, and I'm excited. I completely agree with all the things you just said. Uh, I am really enjoying the fact that Arrow has always been the CW's Batman, and then in the last crossover, they spelled that out very clearly. <laughs> and now, as Arrow's ending, we're getting CW's Batwoman. Uh, so CW's Batman is being replaced with CW's Batman, and yeah. I think that totally works. Uh, I, I'm excited to have that corner of the universe covered. I'm very intrigued by the show. I, I definitely enjoyed a lot of the crossover, and I'm definitely curious what we get out of this property because because of how important it's going to be for so many people. So I, I feel like the stakes are higher on this than other shows. I'm very curious to see how it goes. I, it seems unfair that the stakes should be higher, but it's hard to avoid the, the fact that there's going to be this pressure on it. I want to see a more lived-in Kate than we saw for the brief glimpses in the thing, but mm-hmm. I think because they will have spent all this time filling out the world and filling all that, that's what we're going to get. Uh, and I'm, I'm excited, but I'm also excited for this next bit. Years we've waited to yeah. say this, and it's happening, it's official, there's a promo, it's... Cloak and Dagger and Runaways. They're teaming up. We get our team up in the Marvel TV universe. Uh, The Defenders did it, and I enjoyed it, but many did not. I'm very curious to see how these two shows that are so beautifully mirroring each other. Uh, what I loved about the the Defenders Netflix combo was that they they all live in one universe, but then they added the colors so the the strengths of each team kind of like visually played. Right. And Cloak and Dagger and Runaways don't need to do that because they feel like the same universe already. Mm. Like I, I feel like you can run like a like picture the Matrix TV sets, right? Like there's just like 16 TVs. I feel like you can run out of the Runaway show straight into the Cloak and Dagger show. Like someone could cross over into another. TV and I wouldn't notice because it's such a beautiful shared universe. So I'm excited to see this actually shot that way. Uh, As you guys know, Runaways are like my my people. I love that cast. Uh, I'm friends with a lot of them now, which is always weird. Uh, Because Ryan Sands was a fan of my show when I did a popcorn talk show called Marvel Movie News, and then it turned into me like being friends with the Runaways, and I love Ryan K. Vaughn. So that was one of the weirder moments of my hosting career, being like, hey, I read your guy's book, and now you're real-life friends. It's uh, been pretty amazing. Ryan Sands is uh, lovely, has been a guest on our show several times, as you all know, is a big nerd himself, Mm -hmm. Uh, 
and uh, I, I hope we can, we can make no promises, but we will certainly attempt to get him back to talk about how exciting this is when that when that gets closer. Yeah. Uh, because it's just neat. If you have them, why not play in the same world? And they've got Morgan Le Fay this season. We're getting uh, a crossover. So We're getting Morgan Le Fay. Hurley. Like, if you told me Elizabeth Hurley on a comic book show, already excited. Told me Morgan Le Fay on a comic book show, already excited. Tell me Liz Hurley as Morgan Le Fay on The Runaways. And then we just start what? calling BS because we're yeah. like, mm, no. You mean Marv Wolfman happening. is writing a show and Liz Hurley <laughs> is Morgan Le Fay? Like, what have we done? Uh, that wish we made is working out pretty great. Yes. And mm-hmm. I love their announcement also. Uh, them sitting on the stairs, the hostel, and just them all being kids. I really like that they cast kids to be kids and everyone feels so authentic to their character and so authentic to themselves. And that's the strength of the, the Runaways book is how authentic the, the characters read so you identify with them and you yeah. really feel like you know them. And Cloak and Dagger was the opposite. These are characters I didn't feel like I could identify with and then the show made me understand them mm. better. So I, I – Honestly, the other day out of nowhere I got – reminded of Molly's quinceañera from last season and I like it almost choked up because it was just like it was just such a beautiful episode and yeah so uh, Koi and I are adopting those kids and it's great Uh, we're very excited for the definitely safe fun things that will happen during that crossover Greg said the quinceañera was one of his favorite episodes to film because they all felt like they were at a real quinceañera so that was a very lively like party environment and they'd actually like all that authenticity is legit that's just so sweet and good (laughs) Um, please sneak them into the MCU that's my Please just do it now. Uh, uh, just put them in the background. When, when you get Kate Bishop, have her run into a bunch of kids that she's like, what are you doing? Can you imagine if during the endgame scene after Howard the Duck appeared, if the runaways are just like – if they just like cap ran by a group of kids oh at any God. point? Just... Corey and I would be dead right now. <laughs> uh, so we – in addition to exciting things to come, we have some goodbyes happening in the world of TV uh, a big congratulations to the casts of iZombie, mm-hmm. uh, which, uh, again, reminder, is a comic book show, uh, which wrapped up its run just recently. Um, and to the cast and creators of I, – I feel like this is partly on me because I did not come on here and shout every week that Lisa Hanawalt, an amazing comic book creator, had a show called Tuca and Birdie based on her comics, Tuca and Birdie. Uh, and it was on Netflix and we could all have been watching it. And uh, it it has officially – this was a couple weeks ago, but it has officially not been picked up for a season two by Netflix. The good news is nobody's taken that season one away. So if you're one of the people who did not hit that button yet, you can do it now. It's a really interesting show because it's very – Stylized, So I think legitimately it's probably not going to be for everyone. Mm-hmm. But, uh, man, I love it and wish there were more. And it's so special. And it's so distinct in its voice. And it's so funny. And it's beautiful. Uh, and it's Tuca and Birdie. And uh, congratulations to everything they accomplished. It is so hard to make a show with a singular vision, with a stylized approach like that. Uh, it is so hard to get that out there in a world where you need someone to throw large amounts of money at something for it to happen. Um, so the victory is making it happen at all. Uh, our hats are off to Raphael Bob-Grabsfork and Lisa Hanawalt and the whole team. Uh, of course, they, they, a lot of – many of y'all will know that Lisa Hanawalt is the character designer for BoJack Horseman. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she comes from an indie comics background, but uh, a lot of that crew crossed over. They're very different shows. Um, BoJack is – it's weird to say BoJack is more traditionally narrative. <laughs> uh, but, uh, Technically true. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah. So sad about Tuca and Birdie. Uh, lots of people in collective mourning over that. But creative people will go on and do more creative things. And uh, it's just cool that they made this show. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, last day of shooting also uh, in the sad goodbyes for the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. You just heard Dorian's heartbreak. Yeah. You just, that's what, that, that was that sound. Through the wall. The first episode of the season was this week, and uh, Dorian was like, can I come on? I was like, yeah, of course. And then, like, I think over time he was like, it's too, it's too real. So we're going to have Dorian on at some point. He's yes. going gonna to talk his Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. they above. just wrapped this, this past – I think the premiere of the new season, like the episode one of season seven – Hold on, we're gonna check this. Yeah, like um, so something premiered this week. Dorian is gonna burst through the wall and be like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, he's gonna correct whatever fallacy I just spewed on this podcast. Uh, but we know that they've wrapped filming on their final season, uh, and I'm gonna cheat right now. All right, uh, they've just wrapped up their season six. Okay, they had the finale for season six on August second. Uh, and they uh, wrapped filming on season seven, which is going to be their final season. Uh, so two big finales for Dorian, the, the wrap of it ever existing and yeah. the wrap of this season. So uh, please, if you're going to get on Twitter and shame Corey and me for literally losing track of what is when, you're not wrong, but please be nice. Yeah, Just be aware that I didn't know what time was mere moments ago and that carried on <laughs> into not knowing what time is now. I'm sorry, guys. There's a lot going on. But it is. It was It was lovely to see a lot of those messages because that, that cast and crew have clearly, even visibly from a distance, become a family. Uh, and uh, it, they They've accomplished something really cool. Seven seasons isn't nothing. That's a lot. That's three short of friends. Yeah. I'm just saying. Like when you when you run that long, that's that's a life changing amount of television. Like good on them. And uh, also, if you live in LA, you understand that seasons don't exist, so time is very tricky. We I just don't realized know. it was August when I looked at this. Like when <laughs> I looked at the doc and I realized it was August on air just now. And we are almost a week into August, so <laughs> things are going great for us. I've been on like six planes uh, in the last month. It's all going fine. The Vegas-London Comic-Con combo for <laughs> like, you. then you went to London, so it, it's been a lot. We don't know where we are. Who are we? Uh, but we are. We do know we're excited about more things coming to the world of television. Uh, we have uh, some interesting announcements this week and updates. Uh, the, that third Walking Dead television series that we had heard about, uh, which was only a vague idea, has a star and a premise. Uh, so Nico Tortorello, uh, they are an actor from uh, a bunch of interesting other stuff, uh, is going to play the main character in a new Walking Dead series that spotlights the next generation uh, coming up uh, in apparently this walker-infested world. I don't know what that means. They're filming in Virginia. They're starting to go. They're filling out that cast. So I'm very excited to see what that's going to be. I am very intrigued. Uh, I'm definitely... I'm not a big Walking Dead guy, but I'm a big fan of the fandom, so I'm really curious what – I, I always give shows three episodes, so I'm excited to, like, maybe find a Walking Dead that's right for me. And it's it's just such an interesting time. We got to, like, if, if, if any of us actually knows Robert Kirkman, I want to drag him in to be like, did you ever see this coming? Three television shows. You pulled off the very upsetting but greatest surprise ending of a comic book of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think there's ever been anything on par with that. Uh, I and just don't worry, guys. The second prints of the final issue are uh, coming available in shops. It's going to be okay. We'll get everybody who needs one a copy. So of it. impressive! Like it's just such a mic drop. Uh, I I'd like to think I'm not biased by the fact that there's a shout out to House of Secrets in it. But, <gasps> well, we're, that's we're awesome. Lucky Frank Darabont has always credited because we were the shop he was standing in when somebody handed him Walking Dead. Or oh, that's did, so or cool. Someone did. I I'm he's he's always been very sweet about it. Uh, so we love being a tiny piece of. Because that's – the truth is 
when you love something and talk about it to the people around you, it does have a ripple effect. Mm-hmm. It, you know, we are located in a place where that ripple effect has greater odds of hit. Like those pebbles tend to hit people who uh, then make big ripples. <laughs> uh, but you know, it's true. Every time you talk about something and spread the word of something, you don't know whose life you're changing. And that, I think that's really important. With uh, to totally derail this, uh, I think it's really important with how you present yourself on Twitter and Instagram. So if you're a dear listener, uh, how you speak. And the smallest thing or the biggest thing has giant ripple effects. So every single tweet you send can affect someone. So just overall, the, the you guys had House of Secrets talking about Walking Dead caused a show. You don't know what your word ramifications are. So just think about them before you say them or do them. That is very sweet advice. Uh, just a little moment. Like a, a millisecond more thought can change the world, and that's really important, I think. And you never know how much ramification you have. Every retweet – like if you have 100 followers and someone with 10,000 followers retweets it, suddenly 10,000 people can see it. And you don't know if you wrote that with the intention they're going to read it as. So double check that like those are the ramifications you want. And, and uh, I'm going to briefly get political. Uh, I'm sorry in advance. This week has been incredibly hard for me because I am terrified of um, – I love people and I love large crowds and I love public spaces and I love meeting a lot of people. And I've noticed in the last two years I've gotten more and more uh, leery. I've gotten more and more edgy. I definitely look for exits at movie theaters and I definitely am aware when I go to concerts that I can't move a certain direction. And that's not a fun feeling. Uh, And that's a a culmination of many years of of people being evil and awful. And I've had to get more political, I feel, on my Twitter than I usually like to be. But I realized this week that – if I say something that causes someone down the line to have an opinion that can help the world, it's worth losing the the followers that disagree with my opinion or worth angering people that disagree with my opinion because we kind of gather a tribe. Like we gather like minds and, and you're reflected by the people you interact with. So if my opinion is very strongly against something, I'm going to say it now. So if you're a fan of mine and I disagree with you, it's nothing against you and I like you very much and I'm sure you're great and I'm sorry if we disagree on something that's really important to me. But it's been a really scary week. We've lost a lot of lives. And we've lost a lot of ground as a country and we've done a lot of things that I'm really disgusted by. And I think that I don't know how much quieter I can be about it. And I'm not going to make this podcast about that. I'm not going to make heroes about that. And I promise you anything I do publicly won't be that. But my Twitter, my Instagram might be that more and more because if someone that's listening and they're 15 now turns into a congressman at 30, I want to be someone that helped that voice be influenced because I'm scared of what we're becoming. So uh, just be better and be good and respect your fellow man no matter what they are and who they are and uh, take care of your neighbor in every possible way. These are extraordinary times and I think uh, uh, it's obviously, as Corey said, this isn't what this podcast is typically about, but we do believe and have always believed that what you put out into the world matters. It matters in small ways, and it can matter in big ways. Uh, So I'm just going to say thank you to everyone who's putting out kindness this week, who is putting out comfort and healing and support. And if you are in one of the areas affected by what happened this weekend, uh, you know, I was at a convention having, you know, being like, great, I love board games. I love – and the funny thing is Gen Con is a convention about board games and tabletop gaming, which means it's all about the things that you do connecting with the people around you. Yeah. So it was – I imagine for many people, wherever you were, it was a rough transition to find out what was happening out in the world at the same time, um, which was essentially – could not be more the opposite of connecting with our fellow humanity. Uh, But the people who – wish well on the rest of our fellow humans we outnumber the others and we can it's never going to be easy but they're like literally more of us uh people who care people who can have the capacity for kindness 
Um, so, we'll, yeah, let's all lift just, each just other up. Just be good. And, and I, you'll notice both Amy and I are, are not making this about anything specific. And that's, that's very oh, intentional. Oh, it can be about specific. Racism can die. Well, racism – oh, 100 percent. Like, uh, I, I can clearly say that without – that's not even a political <laughs> issue. That's being a human being. Yeah. Uh, racism's a problem and continues to be. But what I'm saying is I will pr- – I promise you to make the focus of this – like the escapism that Giant Size always has been, the escapism that Collider Heroes is, the escapism that I value comics for. That will keep being a thing. But I do think it's important that you, everyone knows that the answer – is always helping someone before hurting them. Yeah. Uh, back to comic books. <laughs> it was a rough we week. Sorry, more, guys. It, it was. It's. It's been an interesting one. Uh, we have some more things that are coming soon to TV that I'm excited about. We got a trailer and a first look, respectively, at the new Stumptown series mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. at Titans season two. I think Stumptown looks both like a great standard network show, but also the comic is so unique in that it's. It feels like a sitcom. Like the 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 comics flavor totally works for the type of show that's being made. So it feels like, like a, a really dark sitcom. But I guess that think, works. Think, okay, think about the type of comedy. It's all situational. It's all it's all. I think the sitcoms I watch are dark anyway. So sure, maybe that's sure. my translation. But uh, the the way the comic reads is like this would make a weird show. And then the trailer's like, hey, look, a weird show. So it is, it is very much like a how did she get into this situation? Except it's usually uh, scary instead of funny. Um, but but it, it's always a little funny. It was less different than I expected. Mm. I was surprised that the trailer was like, that is what the comic is, huh? Yeah. It's uh, tough to do these like I'm the hero but I'm a mess but uh, invest in me anyway characters. Yeah. Um, and I always often get excited because it, it tends to happen less often with women. Part of the reason that I love the existence of Jessica Jones so much um, because she is very much unlike a lot of other characters and like we live in this wonderful time where we're doing interesting anti-heroes and flawed heroes and the breaking bads of the world um, and they tend to look a certain way and not a different way Uh, so I am excited about Dex and her bad choices and her unpaid parking tickets uh, (laughs) and her promising new career as a PI and any Kobe Smulders is is always the right move she's fantastic I've gotten to have like a number of conversations with her and she's so invested in the world of fandom and she's so invested in individuals like hot takes like she just cares so much kobe is is fantastic so anything Aww. she does i will support she's she's not met her people. i think she's amazing and i'm thrilled to hear this she's great as she was at uh she premiered one of the movies we did the l cap uh the l the avengers 22 movie thing mm-hmm. uh she came out to present one and Aww. she got there like 40 minutes early and hung out and just like was excited to be around the avengers world to present it she's just good i That's like kobe a lot so lovely um, we got to look at season two of Titans, a bunch of characters coming back, a bunch of expanded roster, uh, a very similar presentational flavor to that season, Titans <laughs> season one trailer. Um, but that's it's, uh, it's the brand won a lot of fans for that one. Uh, you know, I. I uh, Again, I like to disclose this as often as possible. Y'all know I work on DC Daily, so I am looking forward to a chance to talk about this uh, Season 2 stuff. Um, you know, I don't always need language things, It's but it's honestly probably pretty realistic. They're kids. They're kids. Uh, <laughs> They're kids dealing with very high stakes. Uh, and I thought Bruce Wayne looked great. I'm very excited about that. I completely agree. I'm very excited it's for It's weird more. that he's redheaded, but he's so good. It works. I'm I you know, we can we can change stuff. I'm in. <laughs> Give me that. I'm surprised they didn't dye his hair, but he looks and sounds fantastic. Uh, and now I wanted an entire prequel series about a digitally de-aged uh, <laughs> Bruce Wayne. Hey, but they're announcing a new show. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Uh, we got a bunch of film news uh, this week, mostly little bits here and there. We have some additions to the cast of Marvel's Eternals. Wasn't big enough. 
Uh, <laughs> the show wasn't big enough. It wasn't the entire Hall Age stage. No, nope, not big enough. Uh, I know. Our standards are so unrealistic now. Um, Gemma Chan is uh, joining the Eternals with Barry, I want to say, Cohen. I, yeah, I was, I was, is it Cohen? I don't know, and okay. I should have checked. It's the G-H. I think it's Cohen. Either way. K-E-O-G-H-A-N. Uh, we're very sorry, Barry. Uh, but Gemma Chan is joining the Eternals. We don't know yet whether she's reprising her role as Minerva or whether she's going to be playing someone else. Any ideas? Because I don't know the Eternals that well, and I'm going to own that. Do you have any idea who they could be playing? I mean, I don't yet because clearly we're in a different version of the Eternals. I'm kind of hoping she is Minerva because this too. is the MCU. We can do this. We can have fun. We can play with things. Um, I I guess, you know, she's not like exactly a good guy. Uh, um, but I've always found her interesting. And I thought the version of her in the movie can go like can can maybe big redemption. Who knows? I don't know. She's just fun to watch. Uh, and I like Gemma Chan a lot. Um, do you have any ideas? I literally uh, the the Eternals is one of the books I'm reading this like upcoming year to figure it out. You I'd... did break down last week. You were like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to look them up. And I'm going to wait like, until 2020. Break. Okay. Because okay. I've got uh, my stack is so high, I'm giving myself till 2020. Update on last week. Corey's Update on last week. Claiming he's going to wait till 2020. John uh, Jr. drawing a book means I'm already wanting to no read it. No way he's waiting. And <laughs> it's going to be like September. I'm like it's going to be at least 20. Like I went from not going to to mm-hmm. at least 2020 mm-hmm. to be like okay, it's been three weeks. So yep. I gotta, I gotta uh, know. Please place your bets <laughs> on when Corey breaks down and reads the Eternals. On a scale of one to ten potatoes, is a ten potato likelihood that I do read the Eternals very soon? Speaking of getting your homework in, uh, Natalie. Portman made my heart happy uh, by, I think it was like Instagram or something, uh, just showing us all those beautiful, beautiful Mighty Thor trade paperbacks by Jason Aaron and Russell Dodderman and all those amazing contributors who made up that run um, to do some of her homework for Thor 4. Yeah. I'm so happy. I can't wait for that. Weirdly, okay, (laughs) I don't know that I 100% need them to do the same storyline with Jane. Okay. um, Because it's sad. Oh, I want the sad. And I want fun, wacky romp adventures. I want the dichotomy of wacky romp with sorrow and breaking my heart. Uh, um, but I do think that, like, the way that, like, I, I think you can still take a lot of inspiration from that character in that run, even if you end up playing it differently. Um, even if, uh, you know, I mean, they probably will end up doing it this way because they picked this run for a reason. But, uh, you know, I'm just excited. I want to see the emotional stakes of that storyline with Taika. Like, I'm really curious. So I, I personally, I want it to be like full, insane Ragnarok meets break my heart. And I want to see <sighs> I want to see what that feels like to be as excited as I am to see Jeff Goldblum, as broken as I will be to see Chemotherapy and Natalie Portman. I want to like... It's such a – we also haven't – Guardians of the Galaxy broke our hearts with uh, Star-Lord's mom in like 30 seconds. That's true. I really am curious how – cancer is such a part of, of adult life. Like as yeah. we get older, it's such a prevalent like holy crap, this is real world. So I, I, I kind of think they, they need to make it a, a good chunk of the story because it's gonna, it affects so many people and I think that needs to be represented in these giant movies. It is a cool opportunity. We we got some more talks uh, on some more quotes on the Eternals from Angelina Jolie, uh, who was talking to uh, People magazine about uh, prepping for this role, uh, and they're talking about doing training, uh, ballet, and sword training. 
for this one, she was talking about her kids being excited. Uh, what's really moving to me, she says, is that they want to see me strong. And so it's less to see me in a film, but they're just happy I'll be strong and having fun. Uh, she's a warrior. I'm going to have to work very hard to give the Marvel Cinematic Universe the Athena they deserve. Uh, I'm very excited about this. Full disclosure, as a Greek mythology nerd, Athena's my fave because she's the best. Um, <laughs> and there's only a tangential relationship between those Greek god archetypes and the Eternals like Makari for Mercury, etc. Um, but, uh, you know, never mad about it. It, not mad about it at all. And then uh, Julie was talking about, I think Chloe, Chloe Zhao, the director, is going to make a special Marvel film. With all the love and respect for the others and what makes them work, we hope to add something new. Which you would really want uh, to be out there, but I don't know. I think part of the reason I pulled this quote is that it's just fun to see, like, Angelina Jolie on the PR trail for her Marvel movie that yeah. she's starring in. Like, she has so much star power and and not to invoke what is in some ways like didn't pan out the way we all hoped but like when Ben Affleck was first announced to be directing a Batman movie it was really fun because it was like oh he is a like a major director with some really interesting indie chops who is choosing this world to play in Mm -hmm. and that is always fun to me and that the movie didn't end up going that way he did still get to play Batman and add his piece to the mythos so that was still a lot of fun Um, but it feels similar in terms of being like Angelina Jolie talking about the ways that they might want to artistically carve out a corner for the Eternals that makes it different from the rest of the MCU still has that, like, they're talking about our comic book movies. And it's like, insane because it's, it's where the source is, what the property is. There's so much that I wouldn't think Eternals would actually exist, much less Jolie talking about it. So I, I totally agree. And just that quote, I'm like, is this going to be like a sword and sandals pick? Are we going to get something totally different out of this type of movie? Is it going to feel like more like a Ridley Scott film than I had expected? Like, there's so much opportunity here. Story-wise, like, we, we there's not much, like, content in that, like, we hope it's the same but different. That's, you know, it's, it's <laughs> like what you, what you should. <laughs> um, but I don't know. It still makes me excited to hear. Yeah. I don't know. It, it just, she I doesn't have to be doing this, and she's doing it, and I'm excited. Uh, so we got some tidbits on New Gods this week. Uh, Ava DuVernay did a Twitter uh, Q&A, and some of the bits that emerged were somebody asking, you know, uh, is Darkseid going to be in this? And she was uh, gave the perfect response. Dark side is. <laughs> also, Tom King's tweet. Did you see the the, uh, the picture of them together? No. He tweeted a photo of them together in their first day of writing together, and he wrote, Ava is, period. Oh. And I was like, is this the ultimate tweet? Did I know? I didn't know I needed this so badly. Yeah, there's an Ava is tweet out there, and it's... And uh, somebody asked about the Furies, and Ava, uh, to the great delight of my little nerd heart, went like, what self-respecting Barda fan isn't going to have the Furies? Obviously, yes. And it's just like, good, yep, okay. New Gods and Joker. DC is showing up in a way that I'm very excited about the shape of the universe. I'm very, like, DC's properties. I'm as excited for the DC stuff as the Marvel stuff, and the Marvel stuff was 90 minutes of me losing my mind. So we're really in a great place it right now. It is still weird that there was not a giant victory lap next year's Wonder Woman panel at, at, at Comic-Con, but maybe it's because we don't need one because y'all know I'm about like I'll, at some point I'll start the literally minutes countdown uh, <laughs> because we're getting there y'all we're getting there speaking uh, of those minutes yes Endgame has Extra some cool ones. minutes <laughs> did you check out the bonus material uh, I checked out the rocket scene um, out of the deleted scenes the rocket one I definitely thought should have stayed in uh, I was okay with them getting rid of the um Sam asking why he didn't jump out of the plane scene because it definitely like undermines a piece of mythology. Yeah. I get that it's a great fan service joke, but it's also like a, a bit of levity about something that's so important in the mythos. It felt tricky, and I get mm. it. Uh, whereas the rocket scene, I was like, nah, that should have stayed. That was pretty great. <laughs> uh, I actually am a, uh, a Blu-ray guy, so I have not bought this on digital yet because I will be owning the tangible because I believe in tangible media. 
you. Uh, so, because think about how many servers crash, man. I'm not going to lose my endgame forever because someone didn't know how to unplug and replug their, their whatever in. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to own that thing on disk. 4K. Beautiful. So I've got until the 13th, I think it is. When that drops. Uh, so the yeah, the end game bonus material. Some of it was posted online because the uh, the home video releases are coming. Uh, and final piece of movie news. Uh, I'm going to hold off on discussing this until next week when more people have had a chance to see it. Uh, but I got to go. Uh, I was invited by WB uh, to the premiere of The Kitchen. Can yeah. we just say that you went to a Vertigo Films it was premiere? So good. It, like, it, sorry, it was. I'm not reviewing anything. It was a great experience that I had going to that premiere, and it was lovely of them to invite me. And it, you know me. You know how happy it made my heart to see DC Vertigo up on that screen. Yeah. Uh, uh, because it's so special. Uh, we They do, as far as we know, like, the work that Vertigo does is going to continue on under other names, as far as we know at this time, which is fantastic. Um, but it will always be special to me, uh, A, to remind people of all these different kinds of stories that can happen in comics, and B, to beat the drum for things that are, uh, like, just... Off the beaten path, uh, owned or cre- controlled by their creators. Uh, this, in this case, it was great because the premiere. I, I actually got to meet the writer and artist of the original Vertigo comic. That's cool. Um, which I thought was so cool. Ollie <laughs> Masters and Ming Doyle, uh, uh, two fabulous creators. Uh, and uh, I hope y'all check it out. It's that the, it's a crime drama. It's set in the late seventies. Uh, it stars Melissa McCarthy, Tiffany Haddish, and uh, and Elizabeth Moss. And I'm very interested to see what people think about it. But I'm mostly just excited that movies like this can get made. Uh, and so, yay. Yay for yeah. comic book films, y'all. Yay for comic book films. Yeah. Uh, now, the next thing you put on here, I want to give, give a verbal credit to this is what Amy <laughs> wrote down. In all caps, just for fun, parentheses, can't believe you almost let me leave this off. I admittedly had it bouncing around my head and didn't think to write it down like a <laughs> fool. But it is beautiful. An exchange between... Rob Liefeld and The Rock. Uh, Rob Liefeld (laughs) said, Dearest at The Rock, based on reports about standing chemistry between you and a familiar friend, I believe the next logical step is to join the Marvel Universe as Garrison Kane in a future Deadpool installment and then images of Garrison Kane, who, (laughs) admittedly, I could totally see The Rock playing. Uh, The Rock then responded, uh, I have, oh, dearest Rob, thank you, amigo. It's true. And, okay, mild spoiler for Hobbs and Shaw. Mild spoiler for Hobbs and Shaw. Returning to quote, it's true. In Hobbs and Shaw, I have insanely outstanding chemistry with our familiar friend. Since you created the characters, how does one Garrison Kane get alone with one dead pool and it's a skull and a swimming guy emoji? Because yes. <laughs> um, Garrison Kane is the rock is such an absurdly big idea. I never even thought of it because Garrison Kane is like amongst the most 90s characters ever. Uh, but this is the not rock what I would necessarily work. do with The Rock <laughs> if I had a choice of where to put him, but this is a super delightful exchange. The whole conversation is adorable, and I love that comic creators like Rob are like, just like, hey, Rock, come do this. Shoot your and shot. it makes worldwide news. Yeah. Like, every news outlet ran this. It's giant. There are people, I guarantee tens of thousands of people have Googled Garrison Kane for the first time <laughs> since 1996. The Garrison Kane Google search has since changed. Since it was Alta Vista. Yeah, since, yeah. since people were asking Jeeves. Yeah. This is when it's come back. Uh, so it made me very happy, and Amy was very correct in uh, adding that to the rundown, because I don't think he's going to play Garrison Kane, but by golly, did The Rock Google Garrison Kane, and that made me happy. No, he didn't have to. He just asked. He just, How yeah. did they get along with each other? Why? The Rock just like, sent images. Yeah. Uh, so that is an amazing tribute to the comic book creators who make the stuff we love, and they are also hard at work, those comic book creators, on this week's Polis. Oh, yeah. Good transition. Yeah, thank you. Die number six. 
Superman up in the sky, number two. Berserker Unbound, number one. Absolute Carnage, number one. And Lois Lane, number two. And those are the five that made our top list. But it's not even, I mean, y'all know, it's not even a reasonable list. It's not like we're not both immediately reading House of X, number two. Yeah, let me, let me, my, I, I have a, a 41 book pull list this week for <laughs> digital reading. Uh, but my top is Absolute Carnage, number one. Batman 76, Tom King just killing it. Uh, Daredevil, number nine. Chip Sadarsky is driving the hell out of Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Deceased, number four. Tom Taylor with zombies in the DC universe. Green Lantern number 10, Grant Morrison and Liam doing a hell of a run on Grant Lan- uh, Green Lantern. Grant House- Lantern. Grant Lantern. I like Actually, it. Actually, yes. I like it. If Grant Morrison could be Green Lantern for Halloween and be Grant Lantern. Oh, I want it. Uh, House of X number two, obviously twitching to read tonight. Uh, Immortal Hulk, no, yesterday. <laughs> uh, House of X number two, Immortal Hulk number 22. That book is just consistent. Lois Lane number two. I love the first issue so very much. I'm excited for number two. Major X number zero, I want to give some love to because not only did Rob come with a book that he thought of forever ago, Marvel was like, yes, he outsold every copy, like third printings of multiple of these. But Major X number zero has an Ed Piscore variant cover. So oh, no. a Rob Liefeld designed Frickin' Ed score cover is out there on the shelves, and oh holy crap. Uh, Savage Avengers number four. Savage Avengers is one of my favorite new titles in a very long time, and Superman Up in the Sky number two are my top ten. Holy crap, this week is insane. There's there's a lot. There's a lot going on. Uh, and uh, I think we went over these on the show. Anything else that you didn't get to say on the, the comic book call list? Uh, just that Absolute Carnage mirroring Watchmen is the last thing I would have expected. It's but so Donny Cates is a madman in all the best ways. Friend of the show, Donny, congratulations on outselling your first two prints before it made shelves. I think you're on the third print right now. Uh, your love of Venom and Carnage makes me and my 90s love so happy. Uh, I am excited to find myself reading a Carnage book. Uh, <laughs> full disclosure, not ordinarily my jam, uh, but m- this is probably that time. Um, I'm excited. Like, I, I, if y'all, I've, I've told y'all about Die. I feel bad even putting it on the pull list, but I can't not <laughs> put it on the pull list uh, because it's the start of their second story arc, uh, which I think is called Split the Party, which all RPG fans will know is a great idea that always ends well. Uh, it's the the wonderful goth Jumanji D&D comic with the beautiful painted art by Stephanie Hans. Uh, it is also about people playing a fictional role-playing game that Kieran Gillen, madman that he is, decided to actually design and then release rules for. Uh, and I got to play with him and some of our friends oh, that's at San awesome. Diego Comic-Con. Uh, so I have now played the game that he made so that he could write this comic about people playing a game. And the whole thing is meta at 12 levels uh, because 20. it's Kieran Gillen. Oh, my God. You don't even know. The game that we played was about a bunch of comic book professionals decompressing after con and playing the game. Oh, it's amazing. He goes there. That's it's incredible. It's so much fun. I think uh, that, that, that there's a write-up on that in comic book uh, resources because uh, one of our players, that was why we were doing it, um, and he was lovely enough to write it up, and it was super fun. Uh, and, uh, yeah, RPGs. I just came back from Gen Con. I'm in a game space in my head. <laughs> uh, but the great thing about comics is there's room for so many different kinds of things that I can have this wonderful, sweet, sad, heartbreaking, lovely action-adventure uh, fantasy book called Die that you should all be reading. Uh, before we trans over, transition over into fan questions, uh, this week 
ending on Sunday, I believe at midnight, uh, we're doing a fan art contest for comic shopping. So the show Brightburn, the show, the movie Brightburn, uh, we're doing basically design a villain that would join Brightburn's cabal, like his evil Justice League of villainy. So if you do a piece of fan art about Brightburn, like a villain of Brightburn, so turn a hero into a villain or some such, and then hashtag band with Brightburn on Instagram or Twitter, I will see them all. And then Jackson Dunn, the kid who plays Brightburn, Brightburn himself, is going to pick his favorite. So uh, B-A-N-D, band with Brightburn? Hashtag B-A-N-D-W-I-T-H, Brightburn. Uh, and I'll be looking at them. Jackson is going to look at them. But I think it's cool. We've never really done a fan art contest, so I'm excited to see some fan art about comics because that's what it's all about. That's so good. Okay, so speaking of amazing contributions from y'all, we got some questions. Yeah. Uh, we got Camille Denali, Ichigo Samael, uh, asked, I've taken the plunge. Yes. I now have to figure out affording volumes two through nine. Hashtag saga. Uh, hashtag giant size heroes. Hashtag collider heroes. Welcome. Yeah. Everyone that reads every tweet about saga makes us happy. I am caught up. I am in hiatus. I am with everyone suffering. Soon you'll join us we and you'll suffer with us. We can now only be sustained by your tweets about reading Saga. That's all I have. Oh, and you know what? I actually, I think I, did I skip a chunk of this earlier? Oh. Um, I did. Uh, because speaking of Brian K. Vaughn, we did have one more thing, which was a nice little update from Brian K. Vaughn, who on Instagram confirmed that the Why the Last Man show is still on track. Which is exciting, because uh, any adaptation of his work has been great so far. Gave uh, a huge thanks to the departed showrunners, but a vote of confidence from Brian K. Vaughn, who I guess was just in the writer's room for the new showrunner of the still-happening, apparently, FX Why the Last Man Show. This makes a big difference to me. Uh, He only just got back on social media, I think partly because all of this stuff is finally happening, but it feels like maybe there's a chance that it's happening right. Maybe we were spared a really bad 2004 movie of Why the Last Man or a 2009 movie of Why the Last Man so that we could get it right. I'd love for that to be the case. DM Magar or D Magar at Magar Mentions says, just finished reading X-Men Grand Design and highly recommend it. Thank you. We love it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Piscore. Uh, I have never really read any X-Men stuff before, so this was a great starting spot. Oh, hashtag perfect. Collider Heroes, hashtag Sweaty in the Library, and Thuziami Koyjandro. Uh, one, I love the Sweating Library hashtag. Yes. Two, at Piscor's Run is an excellent place because now if you read the classic runs, you'll know a foundation of what they are. It'll it'll feel familiar. And if, you've re- if you're going to read any other runs, you'll at least know the characters. So Ed, that is an excellent jumping on point. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Andrew at Fez Greco uh, says, hashtag Collider Heroes, I hope you guys cover House of X on Giant Size. This is some... Crazy shit. Uh, I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how to cover it because every page I go, huh? What? And then I go, yes! And then I go back to huh and what? Yeah, we did a lot of that talking about House of X last week. And now I believe uh, Powers. Powers of I'm caught up. Yes. Uh, uh, Powers feels of X very different, but out. the same at the same time, which is very alarming. Powers of X does a little bit more of what I was hoping uh, I wanted out of, like, you know, when I talked about an approach to an X-Men book, I'm used to give me a character whose journey I'm investing in. Mm-hmm. And it seems like Powers of X is starting to do that with the future uh, X characters. Now, it's also trying to do four simultaneous timelines because Powers of X is a joke about one year, ten years, hundred years, thousand years in the future. Um, so can Hickman land a plane of emotional resonance as along with this big cast? The weird thing is I, I think so. 
we will see. I'm very curious how this all plays out because I like my favorite Hickman is probably still his Fantastic Four, which never forgot that core four people who matter to each other story thing. Um, and that's I think uh, he really shined when he combined that with his big out there ideas. And we've got the big out there ideas for X Men. I'm waiting for the like. I will live and die for these people. And I felt like Powers of X got a little closer there. Still bonkers. Um, Still big. But it was sort of like, okay, I care about this person and whether she gets her friend back and uh, whatever Cardinal, the sort of Nightcrawler-looking future yeah. one, is doing. Um, I'm into the symbolism. I'm into the language. I'm into the graphic design elements. But we do need heart. So who knows? House of X 2 tomorrow. I never knew Powers of X was going to be a pun. Ha. Because the year thing, I had no idea it was going to be by the power of X. Like, it's a, it's a, it's a math joke. It's you a came at me with a, like, Thank I, you, Jonathan Hickman. How many months have we talked about Powers of X and I never put together could even be a math joke? Thank you. I just wanted to give some love to math jokes. I kind of only figured it out because we kept trying to look up Power of X in the system and not being able to find it in Diamond. Oh, that's <laughs> funny. the Diamond search engine was dumb and would not recognize it. So I literally had to figure out that it was Powers of X and like make the connection both to mutant powers and to math jokes. Anyway, thank you, Jonathan Hickman. <laughs> uh, sorry for this so far. Like, very curious. I mean... That's the weird thing. I'm 100% on board. I'm going to yeah. read all of this. 100%. Um, I also hope it is personal and uh, breaks my heart mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, because apparently that's what I'm into now. <laughs> Mr. X616 at McFlabjab uh, says, Dr. Strange Multiverse of Madness opens uh, – will – let's see. Okay, sorry. I'm re- scanning through this. I think there's some typo issues here. Um, opens – will essentially be House of M except at the end Wanda makes mutants more prominent in the world instead of diminishing them. I think this is an, an idea. Maybe the X-Men have to come back to defend all the new mutants. Do I don't think? think they're introducing mutants with the storyline of Wanda on either WandaVision or Doctor Strange. What I do think is that there will be a House of M style ramification that shatters the multiverse. I don't think mutants will have anything to do with WandaVision or Doctor Strange. But I think she says or does something that has the same level of ramifications as the House of M story. Mm. So I think it's a House of M adaptation without mutants. If that is – I hope that makes sense. Interesting. So, yeah, I, I'm very interested to see what direction they're going with that. It does seem like they've left the door open in a way where that could go. It'd be strange to be like, you need to see Doctor Strange so you can understand where mutants are coming from. But yeah. it would also be a very Marvel move at this point. It would, but I, I also I feel like they haven't introduced Wanda as a mutant, really. She's a miracle child, and yeah. they haven't had the real time to go into that groundwork. Yeah. So I don't think WandaVision is the time. I think that's going to be very much the Tom King vision run, but the psychosis of the 50s dystopian madness they made through Wanda's shattering and, I mean, of reality. I, there's no way to do a literal, of course, House of M storyline <laughs> because House of M is a response to a status quo that was decades old at that time that, of course, no longer – that does not exist in the MCU as we know it. Right. Um, but I like the way you're thinking and these are creative connections and uh, I imagine Marvel is having a lot of very similar conversations. Totally agree. Now, this final one, I'm glad you put it on here, Coy, because uh, I think we both shared it online, but it is one of the coolest, most special things anyone has ever sent us. Yeah. Uh, so I hope you are listening to this at Yummy Yummies. At Yummy Yummies said, Coy John wrote Enthusiami and hashtag Collider Heroes. When my grandfather died, we found this membership certificate to the All-Star Comics Junior Justice Society among his most prized possessions. It is from 1943 when he was 18. That same year, he would join the U.S. Navy and fight in World War II. Then there's a beautiful image of the Justice Society of America certificate from 1943. This man joined the Navy in 1940. I just can't. I'm going to stop. Uh, also, like, th- this is, there's more to come, so stay tuned here. But uh, the certificate, which is in a gold frame, uh, and you can see this on Twitter – 
at Yummy Yummies posted this uh, maybe two weeks ago, mm-hmm. week and a half. Uh, the Junior Justice Society of America, it says at the top of this, uh, with a headquarters care of All Star Comics, which mm-hmm. for those who know, DC had two different branches before it was one company, uh, or rather merged into. Anyway, it's a really fun piece of comic book history. And this certifies that the name, William something, a little hard to read, Roop maybe, uh, age 18, from Morgantown, West Virginia, has been duly elected a charter member of this organization upon his or her pledge to help keep our country united in the face of enemy attempts to make us think we Americans are all different because we are rich or poor, employer or worker, native or foreign-born, Gentile or Jew, Protestant or Catholic, and makes the further pledge to defeat this Axis propaganda seeking to get us to fight among ourselves so we cannot successfully fight our enemies, knowing full well that we are all Americans believing in democracy and are resolved to do everything possible to help win the war. This is a very World War II but uh, incredible pledge. This membership is accepted by the above charter member upon his or her oath to keep secret the JJSA code and to follow the announcements of the Junior Justice Society of America in every issue of All-Star Comics. Of course, that's the comic where Wonder Woman debuted, uh, in witness of which I have this day set my seal and signature as follows. (laughs) The other best part, Diana Prince, Wonder Woman, secretary. Because it's still World War II. But honestly, if if you can get through that pledge with a dry eye, you're a stronger woman than me. Uh, but this is what Yummy Yummy's grandfather pledged to do and kept for the rest of his life, Would you, if you would continue the thread. Absolutely. Uh, and, and I love all the words in that pledge. It is a really important piece of comic history and American history. Uh, you should definitely check it out because I think these are ideals we're still sorting. Uh, then carries on to say, it's just amazing to me that after all these years, he held on to it so tightly that a man that would risk and almost lose his life in war, work for 30 years in steel mills, raise three kids and struggle with Alzheimer's would always cherish the joy comics brought him. He was always a quiet man. And while I remember our time together fondly, he was a difficult man to get to know. Always the listener and never the talker. When I found the certificate, it somehow made me feel closer to him than ever. I could now see images of him as a young man, images of him reading the adventures of Superman, Batman and Wonder Woman, stories of heroism and excitement. I can see that those stories stuck with him enough that he held on to the certificate for almost 80 years. I find it comforting and somewhat surreal to know that the same characters that inspired him inspired me as a young man and are still inspiring my daughter to this day. I only wish I had known about his love of comics while he was still alive. It would have been a lot of fun to read them together. He would have loved all the superhero movies out now and would have loved your show, Collider Heroes. Anyway, thank you for reading my story. I thought you might find it interesting. Thank you. Yummy, like. I, uh, there are no words, and that is the beauty of comics, is it brings us together even after we don't know how much it brought us together. And I, this was one of the best things I've ever been sent in any form. <laughs> what a gift you gave all of us. Uh, I've, now we've got the date. It was uh, July 25th, if you're looking for this thread, from at Yummy Yummies, Y-U-M-M-Y, Y-U-M-M-I-E-S. Thank you to you and your grandfather and to your daughter. Uh, it, it Just thank you. Thank you. And tell us what your daughter's reading. I love the multi-generation <laughs> of comics. And I love just what you said. Like, it, these characters are timeless for a reason. And that was a really beautiful tribute. And th- that thread moved me to ways I can't. Thank you. Uh, and also, please keep in touch. I want to know what your daughter's reading or what you like. like <laughs> I feel like part of the family now. Thank you. That was beautiful. 
Uh, court labeled this sweaty heartbreak of bittersweetness. Uh, <laughs> uh, instead of sweaty question of the week because it was absolutely like we, we just had to devote some time to that because it is just the coolest thing in the world. Um, and thank you for your grandfather's service. Uh, this has been it for us this week on Giant Size. Uh, we'll have lots more to talk about next week. More comics. Send us your questions. Send us your thoughts. And until next time. Stay sweaty. Stay sweaty. Stay little chico, Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary.